Yo MTG Taps is proudly sponsored by CoolStuffInc.com, where you can find cool stuff in stock every day. Use promo code YO5 to get 5% off your next order. Yo MTG Taps is also sponsored by CardHoarder.com, our go-to source for magic online singles. Be sure to check out the Card Hoarder Loan Program, a flexible, affordable way to play many decks online. Everybody and welcome to another episode of Yo MTG Taps. I'm Joey Pasco, and I'm Big Head Joe. And uh, we have a whole lot to talk about. We already said last episode that we were going to dedicate this entire episode to Modern Horizons. The full set is out, so we will be spending a large chunk of the episode on that. But we have a couple of announcements and some news. Basically, we lied. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we didn't lie at the time. We, we, no, we fully intended it, but uh, too much cool stuff has come up, yeah. so we got to talk about it. So yeah, um, first thing, uh, we want to welcome Card Hoarder on board as a sponsor of the show, and um, yes. we're very, very excited about that. Definitely. So super excited so uh card hoarder for those of you who don't know um they do they have bots on uh moto and they have a loan program for decks and they're super awesome they're super easy to use uh it's almost like a disarmingly stripped down website at first when i went on there i was like this is really like basic but like it's awesome because it's just you know no bs no million little things going click here click here it's like no you want your cards you get your cards you know like you want a loan program you do the loan program it's real it's real straightforward i love it yeah um and uh so we're doing the loan program for part of that, right? Yes, we are. So, so I, I talked a little bit about the loan program a few episodes ago. Um, and, uh, it was a, it was a great experience for me and Joe is now trying it out. Um, so we're going to kind of use that as a way to bring a little bit more discussion of modern into the show, because we know we were talking about standard because of arena. Um, now Joe gets to play modern on magic online and that's going to be a way for us to, to kind of, Make that uh, a bigger part of of what we bring you, folks, every week. Um, so yeah, no, so jo- Joey's Joey's been like desperate for me to love modern. Like, and I can just feel it every time we talk <laughs> about it. He's like, I'm like, I hate modern. It's such a dumb format. And he's like, Come on, man, it's so cool though. I want to talk to you about it because Joey and I love talking about magic. And if there's a part of magic that he likes that I don't, we can't talk about it, and it's not as fun. So, um. So he's been like really wanting me and really trying to pull me towards liking modern. So this is going to be a great opportunity for me to dive into the format and to check it out like Steve Brule. And we're actually going to do because, you know, I'm not going to just play some like tier one deck because I'm dumb. I don't (laughs) want to play a tier one deck. I don't like winning. Uh, So but, uh, but honestly, though, like my interest in getting into 
learning modern is a little more casual than it is when it comes to like standard and draft like standard and draft i want to win like i just want to win straight up and i don't want you to have fun while i do it um but like with modern i'm kind of more interested in kind of in 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 learning the format and appreciating the format more than just wins and losses because wins and losses if they're not happening especially with the kind of decks i want to play doesn't make it as fun so I'm going to utilize the loan program, and it's going to be an opportunity for me to try weird decks without any risk and come back and talk about them. And we're going to do a whole new segment on the show. It's um, going to be named the Fringe Division, where I'm going to play fringe modern decks, uh, slam them up against the league, probably friendly league. I'm not sure I want to dive into competitive league. It's just a little too much pressure. Um and then come back and talk about those decks and how I felt like they performed, matchups, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it should be a really cool, unique look at modern. Yeah, because it's the way I want to look at modern. You know, it's from a unique perspective. I just don't want to grab my as much as I want to play mono red. As much fun as it looks, uh, I just don't want to grab mono red and just smash. I want to just try some weird things and learn the format and learn some new cards and some new decks yeah. along the way. So and play with some old cards that you haven't played with in a while. You know, that, that's Here's another. Look, yes. Yes. Uh, so, um, I, I mean, huge thank you to Card Hoarder for jumping on board with us and uh, and and sponsoring the show alongside Cool Stuff, Inc. Um, but, yeah, we're going to start that that segment, the Fringe Division, uh, I believe, next episode. So, yes. And uh, I'm going to be playing Blue Black Mill. So we're starting right off at the fringe of the fringe. Yeah. Well, so. see, it's, it's not completely rogue. Like, there are lists. Like, people do play it. Like, there was an article on uh, Hipsters of the Coast about uh, a mill deck a couple months ago. Um, so it's it's a deck. It's just – it's fringe. That's the point. It's it's tier, exactly. tier two, tier three, further. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but but that'll, that'll be fun, especially because that's a deck that uh, you've – played in the past not in modern but just kind of right. in casual in casual yeah so so that'll be cool and that's a fun way to kick off our our new little segment so um for sure now we've got some news items joe you want to start with this first one yes uh so we got this announcement a, a couple days ago that red bull is sponsoring an a, a tournament on arena it's the, the untapped Red Bull Untapped tournament. Um, this was announced with a two hundred thousand dollar prize pool, which is really neat. Uh, and the reason why we're mentioning it is because there are qualifiers, and you, Joey, and me, me, can qualify for this. <laughs> um, the way you qualify for this event is you have to apply. So there's going to be up to 16 Pro League players per event, and um, others will be added to the pool for random selection. I don't know what that means. There's going to be 34 Twitch streamers with 10,000 followers, uh, 40 Mythic-ranked players in Arena, a minimum of 100 players from Europe, and then the remaining slots will be randomly allocated. So you apply for this, and you give them some info, and then they will either pick you or not. Um, and so 
Oh, that's cool. So players who are not chosen for their respective category. So if you're mythic and mm-hmm. you don't get chosen for as a mythic ranked player, um, they will be added to the remaining slots. So it gives you know, so you can get a ra- you can get one of the random slots too. So right. those players have two chances to get a seat. Right. Um, so yeah. Okay. So the um, the applications close June 10th at 10 p.m. CEST, which whatever time zone that is. <laughs> I know. I'm like, you what, go on a, go on a, I'll, I'll, we'll put a, we'll put a time zone converter in the show notes. <laughs> but, um, so it's 6 43 PM right now. So that's six hours ahead of me and seven hours ahead of you. Uh, so, so it's, it's kind of like it's central European summertime is what, okay. What that oh, is. Okay. So um, six hours ahead. So 4 PM, June 10th. And that, that's, that's Eastern time. That's Eastern time, right? Yeah. Right. So 4 p.m. Eastern on June 10th. So I first I was sitting there thinking, okay, I'm going to take like a week off from grinding arena because I hit Mythic mm-hmm. this last season, which was really cool. But I didn't hit top that 1,000. I did not quite get there because I hit Mythic like 24 hours before the season ended. Yeah. And I didn't have time to grind into the top 1,000. Um, didn't have enough success to grind into the top 1,000 either. But that's another story. Um. So I was thinking, like, oh, I'm going to take a week off and not try to grind into that again. But here comes this thing, and putting in your application, and you get to click a box that says, I am Mythic Ranked, that helps you get another category. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. so I'm like, okay, time to grind for another couple days, get, at least get to Mythic, um, and then put in your application before, right. before time closes. I'm going to put one in either way, but I'm going to try to get to Mythic before I do, because it gives me another opportunity. Absolutely. Um, so then, uh, the main event or like the, so then the qualifier tournament is like the 29th. Oh, oh, and that's the other weird thing is that there are two qualifiers for the, um, for the actual tournament and they're June 29th and June 30th. When you apply for this, you choose one or the other. You can't apply for both. Oh, okay. Okay. So you can, so you have to choose. So you have to pick 29th or 30th. Those are a Saturday and a Sunday, FYI. Um, and then the top four players from that qualify for um, for their big event. Right. And the big event is uh, – looks like it's August 4th. That's right. The, the winners and runners runner-up of each qualifier event are invited to the top eight finals. Oh, okay. What? I'm confused, but anyway, um, <laughs> you can qualify for a qualifier to qualify for a qualifier to be qualified. Um, but who cares? Apply for it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, here's just another event that you can play that eventually can get you to a Mythic Championship because the winner of the Red Bull Untapped is going to be featured by Red Bull. Well, does that mean they're qualified for the Mythic Championship? This is so no, I'm weird. Pretty sure, I, I'm pretty sure they are. From what I've gathered, yeah, it says here, the winner is automatically qualified for the Mythic Championship taking place in Richmond in November 2019. Okay, there we go. There it is. So that's that's straight up. Um, but yeah, like I said, um, it's literally $0. Sign up. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> put your name in. Play free tournament for maybe free money, you know? Like, there's not much to complain about. Even though it's convoluted, it's free. Do it. 
So that's basically it. Um, I think this is just the thing that strikes me about this is just what what this kind of means for the game. Like this is kind of exactly what we started to, I don't know, hope or expect would happen when Arena kind of blew up. Uh, you exactly. know, a few months ago and, and last fall, it really started to kind of get a lot of momentum. But with the whole um, push towards making Arena such a uh, an avenue for the competitive events, this is exactly the kind of thing that that we were sort of expecting to happen. And here it is, Red Bull, which is, you know, a, a name brand, nothing to do with gaming. It's like, hey, we're sponsoring a magic tournament like Right. Uh, that's Magic, Magic awesome. X Games. Yeah. So that, that's a pretty big deal. Um, it pretty is. Awesome. It is a really big deal. Uh, so the next piece of news here, this just came out yesterday. Um, and it's uh, I think it's I think it's big news. Um, not super surprising either. The London nope. Mulligan will be implemented officially on all formats as of early July with the release of Corset 2020. So um, we're getting the London Mulligan. Uh, most people, I think, really like it, but there are some people who have their criticisms of it, mainly for eternal formats. And I know we talked about that a little bit on the show um, about how it affects uh, particularly modern, um, but uh, I'm excited about it. I loved it. I think it is really good for the game. And I think I saw someone kind of mention it this way and I liked I like kind of thinking of it like this. Um, if the London Mulligan causes problems in modern, for example, um, maybe it's not the London Mulligan that is the problem. It's it's just shining a light on a problem. So the London Mulligan should stay and those problems should be addressed. Uh, I think Saffron Olive actually tweeted, this will probably make it so Tron finally gets banned in modern. Mm-hmm, yep. <laughs> and, you know, I... I kind of hope so. Um, we'll see. Uh, but anyway, that that's the kind of thing that, I, that I'm talking about here where it's like, go ahead and implement the London Mulligan in modern. And if there are problems, deal with them that way, uh, you know, on the side of you know, whatever the Allosaurus Rider that we talked about for the Neoform combo or Tron or whatever it is that is is taking uh, too much advantage or getting too much advantage out of the London Mulligan. Because I really do think it's a cool – a, a, a new way to really play the game and kind of um, – or a new way to mulligan and make less non-games. Uh, but if yeah. you want to read some well-thought-out criticisms of the London Mulligan, we're going to link uh, a blog post written by Zv Malshowitz. Um He wrote it back in March, but uh, he tweeted it again I think yesterday when this was announced kind of saying like here are my criticisms of this and uh, he makes interesting points and I think it's it's good to kind of be aware of all sides of, of things um, but right now I'm excited and I'm, I'm excited to see kind of how uh, how things go over the next several months as we all get used to mulliganing in this way yes I actually like the way you put that a lot about it shining a light on the problems rather than being the problem itself. Yeah. Uh, I think that's really cool. And I think that that's really true. Um, I, I think this is great. I think that this is great for my, um, for my, uh, Jun Dreadhorde standard deck. So I can't be too sad about it because I really need certain cards in my hand in that deck in standard so i'm like okay cool let's see how this works for that but in general i think change is healthy and i think that you know trying things to make the game more interactive is healthy and i think that this should be great 
I mean, like, I think it'll be fine. And if there are problems, we get rid of the problems, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, this game is you know. is a it's a game for twenty five years or whatever. I'm sorry, twenty six years now. Um, you know, we've had this game that evolves over time. It changes constantly. You know, the the, mm-hmm. the cards change, the formats change, the ban list changes. You have mulligan rules that change, and if it's a bad change, if it doesn't work, we'll get another change. And so we're always, you know, seeking perfection, I guess. So I think that's that's good. Um, This last piece of news, very, very exciting uh, for anybody who especially likes the the characters of the game. Um, Netflix announced that we're getting a magic Netflix series, I guess TV series, you'd call it, but it's on Netflix. Just from some randos, right? Yeah, some ran- – no, Russos, not randos. Oh, Russos. 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 Yeah. No, uh, the Russo brothers who worked on Avengers Endgame um, are the, the kind of the showrunners for this. I don't know if they're the showrunners or, the, or what they their exact titles are, but they're right. the headlining creative team behind making this show for Netflix. It's a Magic the Gathering series and oh my god, like really? We've been – you know – 25 years. Okay, maybe 20 years when we uh, really kind of started thinking, hey, why don't we, you know, see something made out of the magic storyline that we can watch on a screen? Um, yeah. And we're actually going to get it. Now, I guess the question for me is that uh, I wish they had given us some sort of ETA, like just a rough idea. Like, is it this fall? Next summer? Never. <laughs> you know, right. um, I, I'm a little bit afraid of the never part, but I it's think it's It's coming out happening. right when the movie comes out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> alongside the movie right yeah um i actually read another headline that went a little deeper into the show which is really cool um and it's uh it's from the hardtimes.net uh it's a reputable website magic the gathering anime to be 12 episodes of nobody having enough lands to do anything (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's the getting the the real scoop right there that was great yeah (laughs) So um, I I haven't seen Avengers Endgame. I haven't really watched a lot of the superhero movies over the past ten years or so. So um, this to me is is big news. But maybe I would think it were even more exciting if uh, if I knew something about these Russo brothers who I never heard of until yesterday. <laughs> so they were some I mean, randos to me. Captain America is not going to show up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but. Uh, but it's it, they're they're big names. I mean, they they literally have the second biggest box office movie in history currently. So they're heavyweights. Yeah, that's, you know what that's I mean. What it seems like, like so that that's I think that's something just to be to be happy about is that um, you know the Magic Netflix series uh, is going to be made by people who could be doing literally anything right now. Yeah. You know, like they could be doing literally anything. They have the keys to the film city and they could be doing anything, but they're doing a magic Netflix series, which shows you like how, just how cool that could be. You know, yeah, like that's a good way of putting it. That's, that's really exciting. And I, I think Kenny was mentioning in our, in our discord chat that, um, that they played magic. And I did spot that in one of the articles that I, I skimmed yesterday about it. So, um, they played or do play magic. So it's a, it's a passion project, I guess. So that's yep. pretty awesome. So I'm super excited about this. I just wish I had some idea of when to expect it, you know, like, um, because without that, I, I don't know. I'm just, I just want more information. It's about planeswalkers. You know that. Yeah. Um, 
So do you want to move on? No, let's talk about more stuff that isn't the topic of this episode. Sure. <laughs> okay, so uh, we did something a little different this week, and uh, because of the the Modern Horizons previews being uh, coming out, kind of wanted to keep our opinions fresh rather than waiting until the whole set was spoiled and kind of forgetting what we thought about various cards being in or not being in the set. So we actually recorded uh, on the Friday right after our, our previous episode. So um, basically a week and a half ago, we recorded half an episode. So that's what we're going to start with here. Our first segment being uh, our opinions on on some things as they stood uh, Friday, May 26th or 25th, I think. Uh, so um, check that out. And then after that, we'll have a second segment where we're recording right now after this has been revealed. So um, anything you wanted to add before we jump into our, our time machine, I guess? <laughs> I'll see you in the future of the past forever. Anyway, so anyway, so let's move on. Okay. Um. Yeah. So <laughs> we are recording what three days after we recorded the previous episode so uh, yeah i think our previous episode literally just posted on cool stuff Inc. yes so. yes this morning so it's friday we just recorded on tuesday uh what we're going to do is actually just kind of record in chunks uh because i feel like there's a lot to say about this set and as it uh, rolls out i have a lot yeah. to say and we just kind of wanted our opinions to come off a little more fresh um and also i need to rant <laughs> for sure and uh we can start with that rant okay. because what we're talking about are modern horizons previews and so modern horizons previews or spoilers as i refuse to not call them it are you know the cards that come out from time to time as the set is being revealed um but what we've already been told on a live stream i think it was yes. Weekly is that there's one card Right. Then there's one card that we will not be talking about on this or any other Modern Horizons spoiler episode. Uh, what card is that, Joey? So that card is Counterspell. Um, and yeah, so let me, I have my notes here. Let me just let me just get up on my soapbox and uh, and I'll just I'll just go uh, go with what I got here. So um, I think to start with. I feel like Wizards may have been a little disingenuous in the announcement of Modern Horizons because I believe. Uh, if, if you read Ethan, Ethan Fleischer's article from I think it was yesterday or, or two days ago, he talks about the creation of this set and how it started off as an idea to create another time spiral because the time spiral block and specifically the time spiral set was uh, kind of a failure from a broad perspective because it was so complicated and there were so many in-jokes that new players couldn't really get into it very easily. Uh, but it was a super successful set in terms of enfranchised players and people love it. And a lot of people, especially enfranchised players uh, in particular, that might be their favorite set. I could say that's probably true for me. Um, I loved Time Spiral. So that's a great idea. They, somebody decided, hey, you know, it would be great if we could create another time spiral. Uh, and that's not the same thing as saying, let's create a set for modern. Uh, so for me, I think it's a little bit uh, disingenuous of them to have come out with this, naming the set Modern Horizons and giving us all this impression that the set was created for modern when really I think it's a set that was created that can be direct to modern. Um, I think that this kind of gave everybody high expectations, um, including cards like 
Counterspell and Swords to Plowshares. Um, people were talking about those kinds of cards being safe for modern or possibly being safe for modern, possibly showing up in the set. And, you know, we don't have every card right now as of Friday, May 24th. Uh, but we already know Counterspell is not in the set, and I don't expect Swords to Plowshares to show up. Um, but regarding uh, Counterspell in particular, uh, the thing is, it's, it's about expectations. Um, and the consensus over years of articles and conversations, the consensus in general is that Counterspell was fine for modern but not for standard. And so I think uh, you know, a lot of these conversations were like, is there a way it could go into standard? Is What if there were a set that just was for modern? And um, it, this was the card. Counterspell was the card in those kinds of discussions. Like if there were a set that skipped standard entirely, we could put Counterspell in or, you know, we could get Counterspell. Now, I, again, I'm not talking about conversations with Wizards of the Coast folks. I'm just talking about uh, community conversations. And, and I know the community is not you know, we, we don't design the game. <laughs> we don't make the decisions, but I think a lot of times the community kind of has a consensus and generally can, can be, uh, correct. Um, but I, I guess I'm getting off topic here, but counterspell was the card that was always brought up for this topic as being safe for modern, not for standard. So if you remember a couple months ago, there were rumors about a set that was going to come straight to modern and skip standard. But those rumors didn't say anything about old reprints. Um, people, nobody was expecting what we ended up getting. People didn't get that, didn't start expecting a counterspell until the announcement, which, so was, like this announcement seemed tailor-made for a card like Counterspell. I felt like while we were watching the announcement, it was like they were referring to Counterspell the whole time but couldn't say it. It was like, this is a set, we're going to include old reprints like Counterspell, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, you know, like <laughs> we're not going to say Counterspell, but, you know, this is the set for Counterspell. It, that's what it felt like the whole time. It was the most obvious, like, auto-include in so many people's minds, and at least that's what it felt like to me. This is my perspective of the situation, and, you know, last night... Weekly MTG, they are talking about like, oh, look at this cool new mox and cool stuff that's going to be in the, the packs. Uh, great, great, great. Uh, Counterspell is not going to be in the set because we, quote, wanted the exciting cards to be the new cards. So they're just admitting right away that Counterspell would be more exciting than anything else in Modern Horizons. Okay. Got it. All right. That's, that's the end of my rant. Sorry. <laughs> okay. So... I um I disagree with this. So here's the thing. Counterspell is the card that comes to mind to you. Okay? Mm -hmm. Um you know, in general, we always we we put our own ideas on something well before we actually see it and well before it's presented by the people who created it. And I think that ma I mean, stand magic players in general uh, do this a lot. You know, we expect things to be something maybe that they are not or something they were never intended to be because it's what we want. And and I get it. And look, and if it were if I designed this set, Joey, counterspell would be in. Okay? Like counterspell would be in. Let me just make that very clear. I'm not saying that I don't think counterspell should be in modern. I think counterspell should be in modern. I think it's a great card. I think it's a powerful card. But I think, you know, Modern is a powerful format. It can handle powerful cards like Counterspell. I think it should be there. But it's not. It's not in this set. It's not going to be in this set. And that's fine. 
And the reason why that's fine is because it's their set and, you know, and it's their vision of the game more than it's ours. And that's, I mean, that's the reality of anything, you know, a TV show doesn't end the way you want it to, but because you didn't write it, they did, you know what I mean? And, and I think that that goes for a lot of things. I'm a big wrestling fan and, oh my God, if I based my opinion of wrestling based on how I wish it would have happened, there's no way I would watch wrestling. So I think that, and, but I think, and I think social media has really amplified this where we want what we want the way we want it today, you know, and mm-hmm. it's, and it's not how it always winds up. Um, I mean, you're allowed by all means, Joey, you're allowed to be upset. The counter spells not in, in the set because it's your, it's your favorite card pretty much. If not, definitely your favorite card, you know, um, <laughs> we all want our favorite things in the things that we love. You know, we want things like that to happen. You know, I want Cesaro to be WWE champion. It's probably never going to happen and that's okay. But in, in the end, this is a decision that wizards, it, that is wizards decision to make. Sure. They know exactly yeah. what they're doing by including or excluding counterspell. It's not like they're like, maybe people won't notice. Of course people are going to notice it's counterspell. Yeah. You know, it's a staple love it or hate it. You have a strong opinion about it. Everyone has a strong opinion about Counterspell. Right. You know, so they know exactly what they're doing by including or excluding Counterspell. I agree. Uh, their choice was exclude. Well, literally and figuratively. Right. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I didn't even mean that. I'm sorry. Um, but it was. You know, their choice was to exclude Counterspell. That's not even um, a legal game action. It says counter target creature spell. Oh, dang it. Well, you know what? <laughs> Wizards is known for breaking the rules. I guess so. No, so I understand. So, like, I don't, I don't disagree with anything you're saying. I'm just saying I'm very disappointed. I'm not alone, and I don't. And I think m- my expectations aren't unreasonable. And I feel like a lot of people, you know, the expectation that Counterspell would be in the set is not an unreasonable expectation. And given what we've seen so far of the set, I feel like they set they they, they kind of made some. Um, missteps with how they presented the set as something that was kind of supposed to be for modern. And I feel like a lot of the cards we're seeing look like they, this is like a commander set or battle bond, you know, like it looks like it's a supplemental set. That's fine. But you know, as a modern player, I'm looking at things going, uh, I don't know, at best we're seeing like a handful of cards that I think are going to make an impact in modern. I do. I don't think it's going to have no impact, but really the set doesn't feel like it should be called Modern Horizons. It should be called Time Spiral 2 or whatever they want to call it. Like, call it what it is and don't call it Modern Horizons and say, hey, these cards are legal in Modern Legacy and, you know, Commander and whatever else. Um, But don't call it Modern Horizons and act like it's specifically for Modern when the set is clearly just kind of like a supplemental set legal in Eternal Formats. Like, I think that's what they should have done. So that's my... I disagree with that. Yeah, it's just, it doesn't feel like it's created for Modern. feels like they went, oh, these could work in modern. No, I mean, obviously they didn't just make the set up in five minutes and then go, what could we use this for? But this the set to me looks more like they should have called it something, you know, Eternal Horizons and said these are for non-rotating sets. 
I don't think that they're that they're uh, negating blue players entirely. I mean, I thought they would quench you with force of negation and fluster storm. Um, but it, but you're, you're you're treating it like your essence has been scattered. You know, they've um, removed my soul. Yeah. <laughs> Well, they want All right, your soul. so we can go. We can get off this topic. It's fine. It's it's. We are where we are. I'm disappointed. I feel like it. It should have been in the set. I was expecting it. I don't feel like that was unreasonable. That's enough. Like that's that's just my. These are my opinions. You know. That's why I said it's a soapbox rant thing. So I, I think that the life lesson to be learned here, in general, have no is lower your expectations. <laughs> yes, that's exactly. right, baby. That's right. If you have no expectations, you can't be disappointed. Right. On. Um. I'm going to use that to jump right into my first card because it actually ties yeah. into this discussion a bit. Okay, cool. um, Force of Rage. Force of Rage is an instant. It's two red and one. It's a rare, right? So three mana instant spell, okay? Mm-hmm. But if it's not your turn, <laughs> you may exile a red card from your hand rather than pay this spell's mana cost. So you can get it for a freebie on your own turn or on your opponent's turn. And the... The spell says create two, three, one red elemental creature tokens with trample and haste. Sacrifice those tokens at the beginning of your next upkeep. So um, the reason why I mentioned this card is because I've heard a lot of people complaining about how bad it is. Okay. Um, people are saying, oh, it's just not, not powerful enough. They, they promised us a force cycle. No, they didn't. You know, like, yeah, they made force and negation. That's great. The white one's weak, just like the original white uh, one from the cycle in alliances. But it doesn't mean that they promised, like, this unbeatable cycle of cards. You know, like, they made a cycle of cards. It doesn't mean every single one. Like, what I said, the comment I made about this is I think this is fine. I think this card is just fine. So... Two three ones for three mana or like an emergency don't die blocker on your opponent's turn, fine. You know? Right. Um yeah, uh this card does not say scry twelve deal ten, but that's not the power level. You know? That I mean that's what every it doesn't it doesn't even scry eight. What this card sucks. No it really doesn't. It's fine. Like ball lightning <laughs> is uh, the the same cost, but more prohibitive um, for one less toughness on one body, you know? Yeah. Um, and this doesn't even say beginning of next end step. This says beginning of next upkeep. So for whatever reason, if you had some way you could sacrifice this creature on your opponent's turn you've, and they didn't block it or whatever, you know, like said, say that you would swing into this with an empty board and then they play Liliana or something and you have maybe two other creatures out and mm. it says sacrifice two creatures, you still have these around to sacrifice to Liliana. You know, I'm not even saying yeah. that people play Liliana in that format. I'm just saying in general, right. you know, they stick around a little longer than Ball Lightning does too. That's true. So um, th- there's really nothing too bad to say about this card is this card like an all-star no absolutely not but you know like i like your ball lightning comparison right because it is it's ball lightning in a way right like if you you pay three mana and you get six power haste right like it's ball lightning in that sense um but you can also play it during your opponent's turn to block like that that's i don't know that's kind of cool for free like you can be tapped completely out for a card, yeah. And then you're like, if, but if I – all I have to do is untap next turn and I win. And you can go discard uh, – You can have, it, has to be a, it has to be a red card. It can't be a land. Um, so Unless you have Painter Servant, but that's a whole other story. Um, <laughs> discard a red card. 
play these two blockers, survive, untap, do the red deck thing. You know right. what I mean? Like, um, which is be out of cards by turn four, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> you know, fair. but still, I'm saying there are applications. There are applications, and you can also just play this for three mana on your opponent's turn. You don't have to That's exile true. blue. You know, you don't have to ex- exile a red card just because it's your opponent's turn. You can just tap three and play this. Yeah. Um, uh, if you need to. So if you can't afford to discard the card or whatever. So anyway, and then they even survive until your next upkeep. So you get a trigger to sacrifice them, and then you could sacrifice them to something else. I don't know how that works exactly. Uh, you know, if all those triggers go on the stack at the same time, you could order your triggers. But, you know, I think that people really, like, just have this crazy, unrealistic expectation of how powerful this set is supposed to be. It's a magic set, you know? Right. It's, this is a set of cards right. that are meant to interact together. Um, just because every single card isn't, like, Juzam Dijin um, doesn't mean... <laughs> Wait, there is, there's a red one. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, it doesn't mean that, uh, that this isn't, like, an awesome, like, throwback set, you know? It doesn't mean that this is. isn't, Again, we're like, talking about a powerful set. Um... Although I don't understand Mox Tantalite's appeal at all. But anyway, I'm just not going to get into that. It says the word Mox on it, and that's pretty. But I mean, um, it's, a, it's a ramp spell on turn, you know, whatever, four. <laughs> so is the, um, whatever you call it, the one that Lotus Bloom. Lotus Bloom, the one that, yeah, the, the, yeah you could do that. This has the same exact cost, uh, yeah. but taps and sacrifices for three mana. I don't know. Usually I feel like, yeah, this sticks around. But I feel like if you're trying to ramp like that, you probably just want to kill somebody, right? But anyway, whatever. Um, <laughs> it's not as tantalite zing to you? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Yes, that's correct. So, uh, Joey, tell me uh, what card you want to talk about. Okay, so I'm going to talk about a card that was just previewed today, Winds of Abandon. Okay. Which uh, is a sorcery for – it's a rare for white and one more. So two mana sorcery. Um, Exile target creature you don't control for each creature exiled this way. Its controller searches their library for a basic land card. Those players put those cards onto the battlefield tapped, then shuffle their libraries. And it has overload for white, white, and four, so six mana. Um, You may cast this spell for its overload cost if you do. Change its text by replacing all instances of target with each. So uh, basically this is, as I initially described it, path to exile at twice the cost, half the speed, and with a Mm. bad wrath tacked onto the end. (laughs) Um, But that said, this isn't as bad as I like initially – thought when I first read it. Because again, I'm looking at it and I'm like, okay, we were expecting swords to plowshares and we got this. Um, but again, expectations. So yep. thinking about this card, first of all, two mana is is a lot more than one, but it is also still, you know, there's two mana is a, is a perfectly fine cost for modern. Um, it is a basically a path to exile that you can't target your own creatures, so you can't you know do the old trick where you're going to search for a land because you're mana screwed, uh, like you do with path to exile. But this card, I could see it actually seeing play in blue white decks, um, as maybe a one or two of because it you can cast it early. It can be removal. Uh, and you can cast it late because it can be a sweeper. And it's a one-sided sweeper, uh, but it has that versatility to be able to be played in the early stages of the game or the late game because, you know, sometimes, you know, you top deck path to exile when you're facing four threats on the other side of the board and you're like, well, <laughs> yeah, 
I maybe you can live for another turn, but I'm still on the ropes here. Um, and in this case, you can you know overload it and wipe their side of the board. Um, they are exiled; they're not destroyed. So you know, uh, this, this is good against Arclight Phoenix and a number of other threats in modern. Um, and the other thing, just I wanted to point out about this card is to ferry three. You know, to ferry Time Raveler <laughs> is seeing play in modern, and it's uh, y- you tick them up. And you cast Winds of Abandoned on your opponent's turn. So now it's just a double, <laughs> double costed path to exile. So just the fact that it's a sorcery doesn't necessarily mean you're always going to be casting it as a sorcery. Um, so I actually like this card. Uh, and, and I, you know, kind of wanted to, wanted to give it some, uh, some love. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's really versatile, you know, and I, I like, I like that, uh, evaluation of it, you know, and it's probably not a four of because we do have path to exile. You know, right? Um, so uh, probably not a four of, but as a supplement, as like your fifth and sixth path, like mm-hmm. pretty sweet. You know, I mean, you want swords to plowshares. Well, you don't have swords to plowshares, but you still have path to exile, and you have this card, which right. could do more than swords or path. You play this uh, over. If you make it to the late game. Sorry, yeah, you you play this over condemn or oust, um, unless yeah. you really need the one mana spell. Uh, but decks right. are playing condemn and oust in modern as a you know as a one yeah. or two of so. Okay, so one more card I want to talk about uh, for this segment of our show um, is Aria of Flame. So Aria of Flame is an interesting card. It's, it's a song uh, of fire, right? Yes, so, song song of just fire. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, so Aria is going to stick him with the pointy end That's for right. a red and two. Uh, it's an enchantment. It's a ra- uh, rare, and it says when Aria of Flame enters the battlefield, each opponent gains ten life, which is a great effect for a red card to have. Um, <laughs> the end. The end. <laughs> Subverting okay. expectations. Right. So we'll see you all next time on Yo MT. No, okay. So uh, there's more text. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, put a verse counter on Aria of Flame. Then it deals damage equal to the number of verse counters on it to target player or planeswalker. So, uh, with this card, um, when you play it, it's bad. If they have enchantment removal, it's really bad. It's not like uh, the one that, like, when it leaves play, they lose 10 life. It's just really bad. Um, so, you get that you get that 10 life back in four spells. Um, so first spell deals a damage. Second spell deals two damage. Third spell three. Fourth spell four. And then you've dealt the 10 damage back uh, that you did. And then after that, the next spell you deal deals five damage off of this plus whatever it was going to deal, which is a great deal. Now, let's say you start the game with Leyline of Punishment and play. Ooh, this card gets a lot better. I like it. So... You, yeah, so you, you remind so you, everybody you run, what Leyline of Punishment does. Leyline of Punishment says if Leyline of Punishment is in your opening hand, you may begin the game with it on the battlefield. Players can't gain life; damage can't be prevented. So um, it, it stops life gain. Um, you'd have to have a lot of mana to use this with like Skull Crack in the same turn. <clears throat> um, but so that's probably not going to happen. You know, not realistically. But Leyline of Punishment could combo with this beautifully. And then you're just value town. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, So, uh, and I think that, like, I don't know if there are a lot, I don't think there's a lot of life gain in in modern right now, like, naturally in the decks, other than, like, the, the, whatever you call it, Soul Sisters, if that exists, Mm -hmm. or the um, Martyr of Sands, you know what I mean? Like, those decks. The deck built Um, specifically around life gain. 
Right. I don't think there's a lot of incidental life gain. Like, there isn't standard right now. Um, so, I don't know if Leyland of Punishment is great in the main deck, but you could combo that with this. I'm not saying that's real. any of this is realistic. I'm just thinking of ways to use this card. Um, it's an interesting effect that obviously just gets better the more spells you cast. Um, and if you have some way to take away the downside, then it can be amazing. Um, this is interesting. So I like that. Yeah, I, I like I like I like that a lot. I like the idea of that. Um, I don't know how practical it is. Again, um, the uh, rampaging Frosidon is not banned in modern, so you could run that alongside of it too. Yeah. Um, so you're I mean, thinking about it in a typical burn deck, it doesn't really fit because first of all, it's three mana and has that that downside. But if you were to build a more like a big red deck or more of a red prison deck, you play cards like Blood Moon, um, and so it's a slower red deck but you're trying to kind of lock them out you play you could play the ley line you could also play the, the new tybalt you could play rampaging for us and you play skull crack um those are those are some options for you to kind of uh go around that downside the other interesting thing that comes to mind with that particular downside is grixis death shadow or just death shadow in general it's a wrath for death shadow <laughs> because <laughs> it just probably kills you know kills whatever death shadows are on the board or that's funny makes a death shadow deck have to do a lot of work again now it's kind of that that deck is such a strange animal uh on its own because it's trying to to lose life until you know but but stay right there on that the edge of that cliff um and uh and then beat you down with death shadow so um I just feel like it would be a kind of amusing interaction to see somebody trying to play Death Shadow and then you resolve this and give <laughs> them 10 life. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, I don't think it's out of the question. It, you could build around this and I actually hope you do with <laughs> the card hoarder loan account and try to build like a big red style deck. I mean, maybe it's, you know, more prison style kind of thing, like ha- having cards uh, like Blood Moon. Maybe you play Chalice and and cards like that to try to basically slow the game down a little bit. Um, but then you can just go off with with your instants and sorceries. And um, another card to consider for this deck is the the Red Finale. Is that Finale of Promise? I think. Oh yeah, right? yeah. I mean, yeah. you're playing instants and sorceries right there. There's three. You know, uh, you know, one one instant, one sorcery, and the actual finale itself. So. That's a lot of damage right there. What about just running this with Warlord's Fury and Crash Through in a deck? And Arclight Phoenix. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not kidding. In, in modern, modern, it's legit, dude. <laughs> That's right. Like, okay, I, there you go. There you go. I don't, I don't, I don't. I have no problem with Arclight in modern. I right think on. that modern is the place for it. Um, but again, you'd have to get it in your graveyard, which means you have to play terrible cards like Tormenting Voice. But you do. I mean, no, actually, you have Faithless Looting in modern. What am I talking oh, yeah. about? You know yeah. what I mean? Faithless you, Looting makes that makes it makes it amazing. You absolutely. know what I mean? So, um, I don't know. These are things to think about. I like it. I I think it's cool. Like this, it's fun. I'm glad you brought that card up because it's kind of fun to think about. It is. I think, I think it's really fun to think about, honestly, which is why I wanted to talk about it. So, um, we're going to cut it off right here for now, right? Right. We're going to come back next week and talk about more cards. Yep. So just, this is just the end of segment one. So we'll see you, see you folks talk to you folks in about one second. Okay, now we're back. We went so many places. So now that the full Modern Horizons set has been revealed, uh, we're going to talk about just some cards that we're excited about and some ideas that we're excited about. Um, I want to start off by saying um, I'm still ticked off that there's no counterspell in the set. Uh, And we'll get to a little more on that. Um, 
Maybe you it, mean like a card that says counter spell? I mean, because I think there's like eight in the set. That's that's that true. Counter a spell. That's true. <laughs> uh, but that said, I think they looking at the whole set. I think Wizards nailed it. Outside of naming the set Modern Horizons, and I I think I touched on that when we uh, in our previous thing where I, I our previous recording where I just don't think they should have named it this because I think it it could have been just as exciting if they had named it um, Eternal Horizons and said, guess what? These are legal for modern and everybody would be just as excited. Like, oh, we're getting new cards supplemental and a supplemental set for modern. That would have been just as exciting and wouldn't have set expectations in a way that made a lot of people kind of disappointed when they saw the contents of the set wasn't just for modern. So I think they nailed it though. I'm, again, I don't, I'm not trying to harp on the negative part. I think the no, contents sure. of the set, they nailed it. But here's the thing, Joey, no matter what they named the set, the only reason why you can say that if they hadn't named it modern horizons, people would be less disappointed is because they named it Modern Horizons and you already have that in your head. But it doesn't matter what it was called. It could be called just some random casual set for casuals and then everyone would go, they doesn't have all the cards I wanted in it. Like, it doesn't matter. The only reason why is because you have perspective and it's Modern Horizons. It's what it's called. But if it wasn't called that, you really think Magic players would find no reason to complain? Oh, no. It would just, maybe it would be different people complaining. But It would be the same people. <laughs> No, I wouldn't be complaining about it that way. Uh, so different mm-hmm. people. Sure. I'm mm-hmm. sure we, we could find something to complain about. Um, but no, I'm trying to make a, a positive. <laughs> I'm trying to say I love the set. I just think they should have no, named I it. Know, I know. That's it. That's the only that and Counterspell. But again, aside from my personal opinions about Counterspell, I think they, they nailed it. I just think that they could have marketed it differently. So um, we don't need to dig into that uh i think it's an awesome set it's fantastic like the flavor the throwbacks uh just and and they're it's gonna make an impact in modern it's gonna make a huge impact uh it is and so i think um do do you want to should we just kick things off with one of those counter target spells that you were referring to do it okay so uh, what an hour after uh after we recorded the previous segment, <laughs> they previewed Archmage's charm. Arch, Archmage, Archmage. Okay, let's let's put it right in front of me. So, Archmage's charm is a rare instant for blue, 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 and it's choose one counter target spell. Target player draws two cards, or gain control of target non land permanent with converted mana cost one or less. So, yeah, that's that's pretty exciting. That kind of made me feel a little bit better about the fact that Counterspell isn't in the set. Um, it is a bad cancel, but it has the option to be a bad cancel if that's what you need at the time. Um, it also has the option to be an instant speed divination or a way to deal with basically, uh, I don't know, 70% of the permanents that see play in Modern. <laughs> Like you grab somebody's um, aether vial and, you know, that's that's you can't use it really. But I mean, you take it away from the humans player that was playing it or I think you mentioned this grab uh, death shadow and probably kill it unless you took a large enough hit to actually make it a a creature that you can you can use. But um, or grab their chalice of the void, which changes nothing. 
The, you could do that. You could do that. You can grab now their, I have it. <laughs> steal their amulet of vigor. You know, like <laughs> there's so many things you could you could take. Uh, I'm t- stealing your goblin guide. Um, yep. Whatever. So there, you could deal with some of these threats in, by just taking them uh, if it's already snuck under a counter spell, um, or you counter something, or you get your your instant speed card draw. Uh, and so. I'm pretty excited about this card. I don't know. That mana cost is super prohibitive. Now, I know that's weird because we play Cryptic Command in blue decks, but ostensibly you want to play this on turn three. So that's a little bit tricky. Uh, Even in a a deck like Blue-White Control in Modern, it plays like four to five colorless lands and a couple of planes. Yeah, I noticed... In my limited experience playing against Blue-White Control in in Modern... Mm -hmm. I've noticed that the deck has trouble getting its lands. I'm like, it's two colors. It's like the deck that's supposed to have a bunch of lands. How are you mana screwed? I don't know. I just feel like the deck has like mana trouble, even though it's like shouldn't by definition. You know what I mean? It should be the deck that is getting hitting all their land drops. Right. But um, I've just noticed that when I was playing against it last night and when I was playing against you – just like the stumbles on mana are, are surprising, you know? Yeah, so right but, now a lot of lists are playing four copies of Field of Ruin and then uh, possibly one copy of Blast Zone. So you get – you have five colorless lands and then usually a couple of planes, like basic planes. So, you know, now you've got like seven lands in the deck that aren't going to be able to cast Arc, Archmage's Charm. So that's that's a problem. So if it sees play in that deck – the mana base may be slightly adjusted. Maybe it's one planes and a mystic gate, something like that. That's going to help hit blue um, or a situation where you cut back, you know, maybe you only play three field of ruin and one blast zone, something just to mitigate that mana cost or, uh, or and it's probably a little of both here. You only play one to two copies of Archmage's charm. I keep right. saying Archmage and Archmage, interchangeably just say say what you feel (laughs) who cares what's right i say arch i'll say archmage i'll say archmage forever okay i'm gonna say dread horn or whatever dread hood dread horn i don't care (laughs) you know what i mean yeah like i i get so mad at ryan ryan will i'll text ryan and i'll have a typo and he'll go huh and i'm like you know what i mean use your brain like like I, i i i said like tough instead of stuff and you're like tough what's tough <laughs> like, what do you mean what's tough you know the context of the sentence but anyway sorry ryan i should have said that to you in a text and not on a podcast but you probably would have had a typo and he wouldn't have been you know able to understand what you meant <laughs> <laughs> sorry ryan <laughs> so anyway i'm really excited about this particular charm uh and and I I don't think it's going to see like massive play, but in the 75, maybe three copies, but most likely you just, you play one to two copies in a blue white deck. Uh, you may have to adjust your mana, mana base or you play like a mono blue deck. Like Gabe Nassif has been testing like a, a Narset mono blue deck uh, in modern. And it's been kind of fun to watch that where it's like Narset and days undoing uh, to kind of basically say, Oh, I'm going to draw seven and you're going to draw one. So, um, that that's that's a fun deck, I'm sure. Pop pop quiz. Yeah. What do you think the first card that's going to be banned from this set is in modern? 
<laughs> I hadn't thought about any of that because I don't really feel like anything that's is... That's why it's a pop quiz, Joey. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> hmm. I have one. You have one. Well, have then one. you go because otherwise dead air. Okay. Uh, I think it's going to be Echo of Eons. Okay. Honestly. Well, I... I think Echo of Eons is going to be banned. Um, I don't think it's going to be banned from day one because why would you print it? Um, but I think that with Narset, because Narset's not bannable. I mean, Narset's powerful, but it's not a card you ban. It's a card that really does enable blue-white control, which is a deck that needed to be enabled in modern, frankly, because mm-hmm. it's a cool deck. People love it, and it just wasn't there for a long time. Well, read Echo uh, of Aeons I, so that people know. Yes, Echo of Eons. It's um, four and two blue. It's a sorcery. It's a mythic rare. And it says each player shuffles their hand and graveyard into their library, then draws seven cards. And it has flashback two and a blue. Um, and so the flashback part is where I'm at. Like, ugh, really? Flashback? Really? Oh, my God. Like, this is terrible. Uh, I don't like it. Like, I think that this card, like, I mean, especially coupled with Narset, mm-hmm. is just going to be stupid strong, you know? And I think that I think that of the cards in this set, this card stands out to me as too powerful for the format. I, think I don't know. I, I definitely see your points. I don't necessarily disagree because I don't have a hard stance on it, but my thought process is this card is obviously powerful, so I think they may have tested it a lot more and that's where i kind of feel like well maybe it's not as bad as it looks like they the thing is you do have to get it into the graveyard that's not that hard but it does nobody's casting it for six like that's just that's like casting force of will on five like you don't do it very often it may come up but it's rare so mostly you're gonna have a deck that needs to do at least a little bit of work to get it into the graveyard and then some work because you need to put narset into play um those are totally doable things but then at that point, you have kind of a similar situation to to what you already have with Narset and Days Undoing, right? So it's not like that effect doesn't already exist. It may just be too slow or not strong enough. It's kind of a soft block, right? Like, okay, you – I just drew a bunch of cards and you didn't. Like, that's, that's it. You know, it's, it's kind of um, not uh, – again, a bunch of cards, very powerful – and so I definitely see where you're coming from, but I'm also kind of thinking maybe it's not as bad as it looks because I assume they tested it more because of its um, initial power level or the the power level that it looks like it would have. I could be wrong. Right. But, but I mean, Days Undoing, first of all, it ends the turn, right? Yeah. So like you don't get to do anything after you cast mm-hmm. Days Undoing. And your opponent gets to untap and do stuff. Whereas this, no restriction. You pay three if you pay if you pay three. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, then you get to do stuff after that. Um, which at that point, I'm sure you have a bunch of lands and stuff. You know, mm-hmm. um, that you can actually cast something to follow up. Um, and you get to do it for six later in the game if you draw it late. You know, like you get to do it and then do it. I don't know. I just feel like there's. Uh, way too much going on with this card uh, for it to stay legal for long. So but it's, that's just me. I mean, I, I understand and I'm certain I'm certain they have their eyes on it. And I think uh, but we do think about like modern is a pretty fast format. Not a lot of decks can even generate six mana, you know, during a game. So or in one turn. Um, 
in this case, okay, you flash it back. Say you have six mana, you flash it back. You've got your turn and three mana left. Like, what are you going to do with, with three mana? You know, it's, it's, I'm just saying the boost in that turn may not be as, as much, but still, yeah, your opponent is, is on one card or two cards in hand when they start their turn. Um, Mm -hmm. so I understand. I I just am saying maybe it's not as bad as it looks. Uh, and I, I could see it being banned though. I'm not saying it's out of the question. Yeah. I'm not even necessarily saying it's as bad as it looks. Mm -hmm. I just think that it winds. I think that it's the first card that gets banned out of the set. I don't know when that would be, but I just feel like if they, if they were to ban a card from this set, it would be that. So I think that's the one that has the potential to get out of hand. That makes sense. Um, so the next next card, here's a card that I'm very excited to play with, but it's I feel like it's it's kind of like this shows how much of a spike tendency kind of the way I lean towards playing spiky cards is that I want to I'm excited to play with Sunbaked Canyon, which is a land that adds red or white and you can sacrifice it to draw a card like, you know, it's a horizon canopy for red and white. Um, mm. Not exciting except apparently to me because i want to put it in burn <laughs> i just want to be able to play a burn deck that doesn't flood out like that like it does sometimes um i have played modern burn anybody listening knows that i played it back at, at a cg baltimore in february and um one of the reasons that after that tournament i added uh shard volley into the deck was because i kept flooding out and i'm like i need i have all these lands i don't have any ways to to use them and sunbaked canyon fits into that perfectly because hey i if i'm if i draw five lands and one of them is sunbaked canyon at least i have a way to possibly turn it into a spell um, right and i certainly don't care that much about about adding uh or about paying one life to get a red occasionally the game is usually over pretty quickly for red decks anyway so i don't think i'm going to be uh you know burning myself into oblivion there but I'm excited about this whole cycle, but that's the one that I'm most excited to play with right now. Right. I want to talk about a reprint okay? because I'm excited about it, and it's totally uh, from my days of playing Commander, playing Casual, but I think it has really good implications for Modern, is Carrion Feeder. Um, Carrion Feeder is one black. It's a 1-1. It's an uncommon. It's a zombie. And it can't block, sacrifice a creature, put a plus one, plus one counter on carry and feeder. Uh, very simple, you know, not the most exciting card in the world, but um, there are people, I think, I want to say it was Ari Lax, and I'm not sure, I don't, haven't looked, uh, but I think Ari Lax had posted a um, modern zombies list based off of uh, the reprinting of this card, and uh, I'm pretty into it. And, and let's also note, I don't think it's good, or I'm not sure it's good, but Endling mm-hmm. is also a zombie. Um, I'll read that one, too, real quick. Sure. It's, it's Black Black 2, Rare 3-3, three, three, Zombie Shapeshifter. Pay a black, Endling gains Menace until end of turn. Pay a black, Endling gains Death Touch until end of turn. Pay a black, Endling gains Undying until end of turn. And pay a colorless for your classic Morphling, uh, plus one, minus one, or or minus one, plus one, until end of turn. So, um, pretty freaking cool. Um, You know, they're they're pushing for some zombies here. And the Putrid Goblin is another one. 
uh, 2-2 for a black and one with persist. So it can come back. Um, you can sacrifice it to carry and feed her twice. Um, so that's pretty neat. And um, I don't know. I, I'm not certain that it works, but I'm certain it'll be a fringe division segment. I love it. So, um, you know. So that's pretty cool. So I'm excited about that. Yeah. What about you? I think it's the thing about carrion feeder. It's like a free sacrifice outlet for one mana. You know, it's free to sacrifice, but it costs one mana to get into play. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, right. I played this card back when it was legal in standard and I loved it. I had like a black green deck that was, um, had color of the claw in it. Uh, and this was in it. Uh, I don't know. Carrion feeder has a special place in my heart just from the, for nostalgia reasons, but I think it's still a powerful card. First of all, it's one mana. So, I mean, what did somebody get to do? Archmage's charm it after it's really big. Right. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, sorry, that was uh just a little bit of a I, I was, thro- I was throwing some veiled shade at it. But it uh, can't block. That's true, it can't block. That's a, that's <laughs> bad for uh, a deck play. You know, I, I need to be able to block. Um I have to right. you know I just have to attack. I got your I got your seven seven goblin. What do you a zombie? What are you gonna do? Uh swing? Uh, oh <laughs> so you're gonna swing. <laughs> Alright, fine, I'll just kill it with Path to Exile. Um so let's see, what's the next card I wanted to talk about? Oh, okay. Collector oof. Uh oof. Yeah, oof. So Collector Oof is a rare. It's a two two for a green and one, so it's a grizzly bear kind of thing, but it's it's an oof creature. Uh activated abilities of artifacts can't be activated. So I think this is exciting. First of all, it's it's stony silence on a stick. In green, you can search for it with summoners packed. So to me, I think this shows up as like a one of in Amulet Titan, which traditionally plays kind of um a little bit of a toolbox game, even before playing the the Karn Great Creator uh, toolbox package with being able to search up artifacts out of your sideboard, uh, right. but being able to just use Summoner's Pact to grab a Reclamation Sage for a problematic artifact, they already do that. So having Collector Oof as another option, now I'm not sure if it's going to be... Um, it, it, a little bit metagame dependent, I think, if you're expecting a lot of... Uh, artifact or decks that have a lot of artifact activated abilities, this is going to be great. But, you know, just destroying somebody's one of artifact is, you know, that's what Reclamation Sage is for. So kind of depends on the metagame. But, you know, you have anytime you would want to play a Stony Silence. Well, now Green can play it. And now uh, Amulet Titan decks can play it and grab it with a Summoner's Pact. That's where that's why Collector Oof excites me um, for the format. Does that work with Mycosynth Lattice, too? Um, I mean, it, no, well, Mycosynth Lattice, yeah, I guess it does, right? So it, Mycosynth Lattice makes everything into an artifact and Collector Oof, I guess. Yeah. So you, you actually have a supplemental thing. So if somebody kills your Karn, <laughs> I think that works, right? So, uh, it, your own artifacts can't, can't be activated either, but with Karn, I think it's just your opponents. You're right. No, that shuts down your own deck too. You can't tap <laughs> because Mycosynth Lattice. Yeah, but if the board's but if the board's clear and um and you play a two two and you can just swing. This could be a nice backup. It's not a perfect backup. It's an emergency button. Yeah, yeah. no, it's an emergency button. Right. You it's sh- like press in case of emergency. Right. You're locking out your opponent, but you're also locking out yourself. So you have to have <laughs> board presence already. Uh, or board right. advantage already. That's the that's the situation right. here. But it is a nice backup for Karn in that situation. I, d- I do like it. I didn't thought about it that way. But uh, Can, yeah. cards in library. Okay, collector oof. <laughs> yeah. Less than me. All right. 
Collect go. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> Neither one of us is doing anything, but you're going to run out of cards first. There you go. Well, magic is fun. <laughs> I love it. So there you go. Your turn. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, I want to talk about some shenanigans here. Man. Oh, yes. And, good. Uh, I'm glad you brought this up. And, uh, you know, and my decree of shenanigans is just, I want to talk about the card shenanigans. It's a red and one, I know everyone's been making the, uh, super troopers jokes, but it just makes me think of South Park. Um, there was a whole episode where people were calling shenanigans (laughs) and then they were like, like having like a tribunal about whether or not the call of shenanigans was correct. But anyway, um, so, uh. It's a red and one. It's a sorcery. Destroy target artifact. Dredge one. So um, this card's great. Um, you know, repeatable artifact removal for for dredge for anybody. For anybody, right? For anybody. Um, that's it's crazy. I really, I'm really glad this card isn't in the format today because I've been running in snaring bridge <laughs> and like I got rid of someone's Colligan's command but then they still had an abrade but I still had two ensnaring bridges but anyway actually they dealt with both ensnaring bridges and then I cast a third one and then I then they lost um but this card would have just been like, oh, oh great, you know, like yeah. Every <laughs> turn you, you draw get... a shatter as long for as long right. as you want to. Like that's kind of what it comes down to. So, uh, a braid is an instant, right? Uh, yeah. Okay, so so the difference is when I like so for instance when I tried to surgical Colligan's command in response, they played a snapcaster and flashed it back. Yeah, that makes sense. You know what I mean? So the difference is you can hit shenanigans with a surgical um, on your turn and they can't do anything about it. Right. You know, it does so lose, then you get it. Lose some utility there because it isn't an instant. You do have to cast it at sorcery speed and so it leaves it a little bit susceptible to something like that for sure. Right. But if you don't have to worry about that, this is incredible. Yeah. Um, I think it's really good. Um that was it. Yeah, that's all I, I, I agree. I was I was going to bring this card up too because again, it's like this is such a spiky card. It's not exciting. It's just I get to destroy an artifact and I get to do it every turn if I'd like, as long as my opponent can't exile this card. So right. Um, so speaking of, I guess you you reference South Park. I have a question for you. Um, mm-hmm. What rolls downstairs alone or in pairs rolls over your neighbor's dog? Um, That's right. It's log, log, log. We have Ren and Stimpy <laughs> printed in this set, except they spelled That's Stimpy <laughs> wrong. But log is right there in the picture. Um, I really didn't know where you were going with that. <laughs> I remember you making the Ren and Stimpy joke. But oh my god, that's really funny. It is log, isn't it? I mean, log is right get, there. We got to get Eric Klug of Clug Alters to make um, a, a, a log. Um, Alter. Alter of this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I just really wanted to make the Ren and Stimpy reference on the podcast, but this this Planeswalker, two-mana Planeswalker, uh, starts with three loyalty. It's a Mythic Rare. Plus one is return up to one target land card from your graveyard to your hand. Minus one is it 
deals six damage to any target. And minus seven, you get an emblem with instant and sorcery cards in your graveyard. Did you say it deals six damage to any target? It deals one. Sorry, I may have just been reading Ren and <laughs> six. Ren and six. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Minus one, Ren and six deals one damage to any target. And Ren and one deals six damage to any target. But there's, yeah. Um, minus seven, you get an emblem with instant and sorcery cards in your graveyard have retraced. Uh, it's a, this is the best two mana planeswalker ever, right? I mean, it only has Tybalt as competition, but, uh, for two mana, it's, you know, you, you can, the easy thing is just keep reusing your fetch lands. Um, yep. Any kind of utility land, blast zone, uh, things like that. So, I mean, it's two mana. You can't expect it to be, uh, to have like incredible abilities, but, at two mana, being able to just be like, okay, you you play Noble Hierarch, go, and I go, all right, Ren and Six, kill your Hierarch, and have a Planeswalker still on the board. Um, I yeah. don't know. It just seems really, really good, and I'm excited to see what people do with it. I could totally see myself playing a deck with this in it because Ren and Stimpy, um, <laughs> but because it's powerful. <laughs> well, there are decks that could use this, and I actually want to piggyback off of what you're talking about sure. here because um, what is that card? And I can't remember the name of it. It was from Kamigawa. It was a one-one, and when it dies, each player sacrifices a land. I mean, there's 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 Sakura Tribelder, but that's I don't know if that's no, that's not what you're talking no, about. No, 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 no. You're saying the creature when it died, each player sacrificed a land. Here we go. I got it. There it is. Aki Blizzard Herder. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Found at the same time. Okay. Yep. So go ahead. So um, so anyway, I, I was thinking about like it's a weird deck. So I mean, we've got pillage in the format right now, right? Um, which, well, not right now, but we will. Right, it's uh, in the Pillage, set. for those of you who don't know, is destroy target artifact or land. It can't be regenerated for two red and one. Um, it's an uncommon. It's a sorcery. So we have that in the format, which uh, I know uh, Josh Clater is really excited about, for one, mm-hmm. uh, because we've got Stone Rain. We've got this. We've got Molten Rain. We've got a land destruction deck coming together, right? Um, if you were to like couple this with like Aki Blizzard Herder, which in on its surface isn't great because it's a one one for two, which is already bad. When it's put into a graveyard from play, each player sacrifices a land, so you're down a land too. Um, but then potentially you could get that you could get your land back with the with the um, Ren and Six. Ren and Six. I don't know if that's really good, but I'm just saying like there's there's stuff you could do. The synergies are there. Like, that's what it is. There are synergies, right. There's a lot of synergies. I mean, and I know people with Life from the Loam or something, you know, there's those decks can use this. I don't know what those decks do, but I'm sure they do stuff. And this this card could fit in there. I think it's a cool card. I think it has a lot of utility. I think it's really interesting. I think it enables stuff that we can't even come up with right now. You so know. I, I'm I'm thinking we've already gone pretty long. So if you have – I'm I'm looking through to see if there's any one more card I want to talk about, but I don't necessarily have anything. If you have something you want to uh, – Well, actually, um, just real quick. Sure. Um, collected Conjuring um, is a red, a blue, and two. It's a sorcery. It's a rare. Exile the top six cards of your library. You may cast up to two sorcery cards with converted mana cost three or less from among them without paying their mana cost, but the exile cards not cast away on the bottom of your library in a random order. Mm-hmm. Not as excited about that as I was when I thought it was just two instant or sorceries, but – um, Ryan mentioned pillage with that card, um, so you could run all the three mana um, uh, land destruction spells with that. Um, 
and then another card if you're playing, that you can also – If you're playing blue-red oh, – I mean if you're playing blue, then you also get the benefit of playing cards like Mana Leak, Logic Knot, Spell Pierce because you're keeping them off lands. All these are going to be – Counterspells. You yeah. Know. Well, that's well, then that makes Throws of Chaos less good. Okay. Well, was that what you were about to say? Throws of Chaos. Or- well, yeah, because Throws of Chaos is a red and three. It has Cascade, mm-hmm. which any spell hits that. So then, yeah, that makes a lot of your counterspells dead. Sure. No. Yeah. And then I- it also has Retrace. So yeah, you're right. You're right. I like that. I like that a lot. Actually, that's really neat because you run the counterspells, you run the land destruction, you run the thing that lets you cast the land destruction and not the counterspells. Um, that's pretty cool. Yeah. It's, it's really. Just, cool. It's kind of like Days Wasteland kind of the same concept you're like well i'm going to mm-hmm. wasteland you and then I, my days is is uh active longer so same deal here where you're like if you're destroying their lands they're not going to have three mana to pay for a mana leak um right things like that and again you get uh you get things like logic knot and even just spell pierce like that's you know one mana counter your spell mm-hmm. because you don't have two extra mana um so that, that's that's kind of an interesting idea um, I'm a little for sure, little concerned now. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm excited to see <laughs> what you can do with it in uh, in the fringe division. No doubt, so. I'm going to try it. <laughs> um, just another, just two quick things. I don't even want to talk about cards. Okay. I just want to talk about groups of cards. Um, so um, we've got ninjas that they're really pushing in this set, which is interesting because there were some people already trying to play some kind of ninja decks. Mm-hmm. In modern, very fringe, obviously, but uh, they've really given a lot of support to ninjas. Uh, Goblin Matron got reprinted, so Goblins has some pretty powerful tools in its tool belt now uh, going into this set's release. And Merfolk got Jack. (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of – there was a whole – there's a Merfolk subreddit that was very upset, I heard, and there were some people laughing at that. I mean, if you were expecting it, which I don't think it's unreasonable, I can see why people would be upset, but – uh, Everybody can't have everything all the time, but um, I will say this: uh, as someone who played Merfolk in Legacy, um, yeah, you don't have um, any Merfolk in the set, but I feel like the Merfolk in the deck were already fine, right? Yeah. But you got Force of Negation, which like Mental Misstep was banned in Legacy, right? You know what I mean? Like, like Force of Negation is a free counterspell for a deck that needed a free counterspell. Right. You know, you you don't have days, but you do have force of negation, which I feel like makes the deck even more powerful than printing an individual new merfolk. You know? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, you're not going to counter any supreme verdicts, but other than that, you can you can still protect your uh, protect your merfolk from spot removal, things like that, that are going to get people out of the game or other wraths. You know, there's people play wrath of God and settle the wreckage and other, uh, sweeper spells, anger, the gods, right. things that can be countered. So that's, that's a reasonable point. Now I haven't seen merfolk in modern very often, so I'm not sure where their weaknesses lie. So, uh, but force of negation seems like it could be a card that they would want for that deck or at least it- considerable. Or consider it. I actually think if I'm, I think I read on Twitter that it just won a Moto PTQ. Oh, I haven't seen that. I have to look. I haven't seen it either. But apparently, from what I hear, it just won like you know a PTQ. Sure. So uh, decks, the decks out there, right. you know, it's around. Um, and I feel like Force of Negation even makes it better. So something to keep in mind, y'all. Yeah, for sure. Um, any other? I think I'm good, man. I mean, I, I mean, we could go on and on and on yes, about we could. this. We have, uh, and we could. <laughs> we could keep going, yeah. 
Um, Future site got reprinted. That's legit. You know, I mean, like this is lots of cool stuff going on. Um, go play in your uh, in your pre-releases. They're coming up this weekend. Um, the sixth, or no, not the sixth, eighth and ninth. Eighth and ninth, right? I, I'm going to go to one on the ninth. Awesome. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, but yeah, good stuff happening. Yeah, um, I, I'm super excited about the set. I, I don't know uh, exactly what I'm, you know, what my first targets are other than a couple copies of force of negation and archmage's charm um and probably sunbaked canyon uh Mm -hmm. but yeah i'm excited to see what this deck does to modern because modern's my favorite format and i love how it evolves and still allows people to play so many various strategies and you get to play with older cards that you know i i love playing with a lot of these cards i love them in standard i want to keep playing with them so i I love that um (sighs) So I'm not gonna lie, Joey. I'm warming up to modern a little bit. I thought that might happen if you played a bit, and I, you know, I'm glad you you started. So uh, we're going to talk about that a lot next episode. Um, yeah. So we have another new segment that we wanted to to add to the show, and uh, this is just kind of we wanted to to shed some uh, shed some light, spread some love in the uh, the podcast community. So I think. Every episode, what we're going to do is actually shout out another podcast that that we listen to and um, and want to recommend. So this week, our uh, our subject of our interplanar beacon segment, ba, ba, te- ba, ba, theme music here, yeah. dun, 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 tentatively dun. named interplanar beacon, uh, <laughs> theme music here, dun, 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 dun. is the dive down. So dive down podcast. Um, it's really, really well produced. I know I shared an episode with you um, last week, and um, it's uh, it's another great podcast, mostly focused on modern. They did a whole episode about blue white control, so you know that'll find its way right, you know, right into my onto my list as soon as I see something like that. But uh, I gave it a yep. listen and I loved it, and so um, they have now uh, won me over to to check them out every week. So uh, we will link them in the show notes. But uh, shout out to the dive down. Yeah, we figure since we're every two weeks, we got to give y'all something to listen to in between. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's a good, it's a good way to get y'all listening to some good stuff while you're waiting for our next show. So there you go. Dive down rocks. Check them out. Like I really, it really was insightful uh, listening about blue white control because I played two of my first seven matches of modern were against blue white control, and I feel like. Uh, listening to that gave me a really good idea of what to expect and what to play around and, you know, what their end game was, which helped me adjust my end game, right, you know, for sure. So it's great as good info thoroughly. Yeah. Thoroughly productive listening. Uh, so, so I think that about does it for this week. We want to thank both of our sponsors, cool stuff, Inc and cardhoarder.com, And also a shout out and thank you to our patrons on Patreon. You can, uh, you can join our discord and, uh, join the fun chatting with us repeatedly throughout the day and the weeks in between episodes. If you, uh, if you want to support us, go to patreon.com slash yo MTG taps. Uh, so until next time we are yo MTG taps. Make them happy. This is the story. A bunch of years ago, 
I was um, going to because I, I guess I had signed up for a Moto account a long time ago, but never actually got into it. So mm-hmm. I went to uh, like this, but again, this was like 2013, 2014 or something. I went to get back into my Moto account, and I couldn't remember the password. So I was like, dang it, you know, so I got to figure out the password and it has like, you know, you know, it gives you that like, what is your secret question or whatever? Right. Right. So I go, I'm like, okay, secret question, fine. So I click on it and the secret question I had assigned for myself was how many fingers am I holding up? (laughs) (laughs) I tried so many different joke answers, like real answers i tried the word hand you know i just tried like any weird thing i could have ever thought to put as the answer to that question i tried and none of them worked so i had to like email them and deal with all this crap but i eventually got it changed but i was just like oh my god did i really just troll myself this hard I was so mad at myself from like three years ago. I couldn't even believe it. That is awesome. 